All right, welcome back, ladies and gents. And before we get into why these bank runs are going to get even worse, and I'm going to show you some <laughs> worrying stuff today, I just want to talk about what's actually come out overnight in the UK first, because I know I have a lot of UK subscribers as well, majority USA, but also UK. And that is that UK inflation just went up to 10.4%. And the headline is, you know, shock and no one can believe it. And all the analysts got this wrong and everything else. Well, I just want to remind you of something that I said on Friday's video. Here's the clip. And even more crazy is they've said that we're going to bring inflation down from 10.7% to 2.9% by the end of the year. I'm not even sure those figures are correct that they've actually put on the BBC website here. But let me tell you one thing. There is no way inflation is going to be 2.9% by the end of this year. There's just no way. They're still creating now currency, which pushes inflation up. I honestly just don't know what they are thinking with some of these forecasts. And I just want to remind, what do we call these people? The people that like to keep me on my toes, shall we say, of what I said four months ago, and I was very aggressively attacked over these comments. When the pension funds were about to collapse, he said, nope, we're definitely not going to create any more money. Oh, no way. And as soon as they almost collapsed, what did he do? He went straight back to more QE. And remember, I've talked about as well, this applies to a lot of countries, USA as well. We're going to see this two peaks of inflation. Uh, I'm not 100% certain on it. It's just a theory that I've got. But I do think we're going to see this second peak of inflation later on. Because what they are doing right now is they're trying to control inflation with normal monetary measures like raising interest rates, etc. But the other thing that they are doing behind the scenes is some of them are still doing quantitative easing, which is basically creating more currency. So in the same way that I said we'd see inflation, very bad inflation, double digits by 2022, which we've now got, we're also going to see more inflation later on. So alas, here we are with this second peak now coming in of UK inflation. And I don't think it's just going to be the UK. I think we're going to see it in other major economies as well. The USA, definitely. I'm just hearing nonstop about how the inflation is over and it's coming down and everything else. And I'm saying today it is definitely not. It is, you are going to see a second peak as well in the USA. I just can't tell you timelines on when it's going to be its most severe. But we are going to get in today into a lot of the banking stuff, which will explain that a lot better. And as of the time of recording this video, because remember, I make all these videos on my own and edit them and everything else. The rate change, shall we say, for the USA hasn't been announced yet. It's still going to be two or three hours before that comes out. But as a guess, let's just say it's going to be 25 basis points. I think it's probably going to be around that. This is going to bring the rate up to about 5%, the interest rate for the USA, hitting mortgages and other things even harder as the USA is going through this crisis right now. And this is going to lead to a lot of issues, I believe. But we're also, we need to talk about why I think there's going to be more bank runs. Because what we're seeing is the banking stocks are going back up and the markets are going back up. And the sort of general consensus is that it's over. This problem now that has been going on over the last week or two, this liquidity crisis, 
it's over and that's it. And of course, I got a lot of laughs at the comments yesterday where I said, who are the banks blaming for this problem? They're blaming you <laughs> for removing your money from the bank. They said, this is the problem. These people are coming in and we're removing the, the cash and they're causing all of these issues or they're transferring the cash to other places. Now, I'm going to actually let's start off with that as to why that is the main problem. So I've seen a lot of tweets and other things coming out this week about the $600 billion that US banks are sitting on in terms of losses. This isn't correct. It's actually about three times that amount. There was a really good report that came out. Um, is this one. It's quite, well, for me, it's good, but you might find it really boring. But it's called Monetary Tightening and US Bank Fragility in 2023. So this only came out a few days ago, but it really breaks down what's happening in the, the banking sector and why pretty much about 186 banks are already bankrupt. They're just hasn't been realized yet. It's, it's a paper bankruptcy. It hasn't been realized yet because the depositors or, or you, the, the creditors, haven't done a run on the bank. But if it says something like they did their calculations, if 50% of the people went and got cash out or transferred the money to another bank, then these banks would collapse and then other banks around them would collapse. So you'd have a systemic problem. Now, a couple of really interesting comments from yesterday's video, because again, I do read some of the comments that you post. Obviously, we're getting a thousand comments, 2000 comments a day, plus all my private community, plus emails and everything else I have to deal with. Um, I don't read every single last comment, but there's some really interesting comments about what I said around protecting your money and your, your savings and deposits. And that was that if I were you and you're in a small bank, especially one of the 186 mentioned, I would look to move your money to a bigger bank. Now, some really valid points on that, and, and I want to address those points. So some people said, that's part of the problem, Neil. If we move our money to the big banks, the smaller banks will collapse and you end up in this monopoly. And I agree. And this is where I want to take it to the next stage. I don't just think it's a monopoly. I think it's worse than that. I think when the money moves to the big banks and then the central bank digital currency comes in, most of the smaller banks will get wiped out anyway. How did these problems come about? They've been buying these bonds. It was created by the Federal Reserve. It was created by the Treasury in the first place. They've been buying these bonds. These bonds are now worth a lot less. You're seeing a lot of issues. You've got mortgage-backed securities and I don't want to overcomplicate the video. But you've had a lot of these problems that are, are causing what we're going into now. So let me bring this back then. You're going to end up with these big banks and actually Coincidence, good timing. JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Bank of New York, Mellencourt, and State Street. These are the biggest banks in America, and they are all meeting this week for their annual conference. Again, perfect timing, where it's going to be hot on the agenda to talk about solutions. Now, I think that these are probably going to be your banks of the future, although there will be a lot of issues. Some of them could go down. You know which, uh, definitely two of those, I think there's some major issues with. Just as I said, those major issues with Credit Suisse and a couple of the others that went down. But I do think that's the way we're heading towards is 
a lot of the smaller banks will fail at some point. It is inevitable. Remember, we gave that very simple example the other day of if you've got X amount in assets and Y in liabilities, you're bankrupt. You just don't realize it yet. And if you think of a, a person and you're not very good at managing your money and you know budgeting, things like that, and you have all this debt and it was at a low rate, but then you're going to, let's say, double the debt and it's at a higher rate. If you couldn't manage the money at a low rate, the chances are you're not going to be able to manage the money at a higher rate. So this is, I'm trying to give an example of what's happening with a lot of these banks right now. To give you some accurate figures, the buffer in the US banking system is 2.2 trillion. So this was a Washington uh, Post article they put out. But the unrealized losses, so again, these are paper losses, unrealized they only become realized when they have to sell bonds. That is somewhere between 1.7 trillion and 2 trillion. So there we go. So in other words, if everyone had to go and take their money out of the bank or do transfers, or even let's say 50% of people, it would cause the banks, it would trigger them to sell all of these bonds that remember are currently um, on a paper loss, shall we say. And that means that they would just completely drain all of their reserves, their liquidity, which is sort of happening with some banks. There's a lot of people going and withdrawing cash at the moment. The banks then have to put in the emergency request for more cash, etc. But the losses would account to 77 to 91% across those banks. So that's pretty much the end. And we know that the FDIC can't cover all of this. It's just not possible. And then, of course, what this would also trigger, the banks would stop lending as much money because they just haven't got the liquidity or they'd only loan it at a higher rate to their highest level clients, I think is probably the best word here. So again, this will cause a liquidity crisis and businesses then who need the money to, to loan and do other things simply wouldn't have the money available. So you're gonna have this massive crisis which will have a knock-on effect to the, the greater economy. And it amazes me actually that we've got these comments here today from the federal, well, actually from Janet Yellen. I didn't see this anywhere in the mainstream media, but I saw a sort of press conference or something. It might have been a speech by Janet Yellen, and there was like a montage of these. And I am a little bit concerned about Yellen, let's just say that, without being rude or anything, but she was like stumbling over her words. She didn't know how to answer the questions. They were very straightforward questions. And this is the person that sort of was head of the Federal Reserve, didn't do a great job there, now is the Treasury Secretary and is not really taking this seriously. In fact, there was a lot of things that she said which were contradictory. And she said the steps we took were not focused on aiding specific banks or classes of banks and similar actions could be warranted if smaller institutions suffer deposit runs that pose the risk of contagion. But then afterwards, when she was sort of pressed on that, she said, oh, no, no, we wouldn't do any more of that. But of course, there's already a precedent. So if some of the smaller banks did collapse, you've already got a precedent over here where they, they you know, there was the bailouts of, uh, of these banks that have failed. And it was even uninsured depositors. So now she's saying, oh, no, we won't cover uninsured depositors in other banks. They have to. If they don't, it would cause a massive run on the banks, which would result in the bond sales we just talked about and it would result in the banks going bankrupt. So either way, this is a disastrous 
situation. And remember those 11 banks we talked about on Friday that bailed out First Republic? Well, that as well is not looking positive at all. The share price is not holding. So a couple of lies, these were blatant lies that came out, were that they don't see any risk in the banking system. They don't see any risk of a situation of a contagion effect. The financial system is significantly stronger than it was 15 years ago. But she's also saying that the assets now are much stronger than they used to be and debt isn't as risky and everything else and that 08 was caused by the subprime lending and all this other stuff. But all of these situations still exist. In fact, the debt is worse now and we don't have fractional reserve banking. We have zero reserve banking. Remember the video last week? They used to have to keep money in reserves, the banks did, in order to loan out. But now they don't have to keep anything at all, zero percent. So how she can say it's stronger now is absolutely, it's just not true. There's also a debate over who has authority. Is it the, the treasury? Is it, you know, there's all these debates going on. And it, of course, it's leading to a lot of problems. Regional and community banks are rallying to call the FDIC to prove these reserves and to put stricter regulations and all this other stuff. All of this is going to knock confidence. And I was watching um, Fox Business earlier today as well. And it was very interesting what the guy was saying. He said, this isn't a banking problem. It's not a, you know, there's nothing wrong with the banks. The banks are fine. This is a psychological or a confidence problem. He said, all we need to do is get the confidence back into the people and make sure they don't withdraw their money. Because if they go to the bank and withdraw their money or transfer it, he said, that's where the problem is because th there's no reserves. And I'm thinking, hold on, this is Fox business. Are they not going to push him on that point that he just said, which is absolutely absurd. No, <laughs> doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, that is uh, just a crazy comment to say that this is not a sort of, you know, a mathematical problem, it's a psychological. No, it's both. It's a mathematical problem, which is leading to it becoming a psychological problem. Because, and again, we're coming back to last year's videos now, that I said, what you need to think about with your bank or where you keep your money, what is their sort of reserve ratios, A? Are they making mortgages? Are they making loans, business loans? Are they doing a lot of credit cards and everything else? Because these, these assets will become liabilities later on when people can't afford to pay them back at the higher rate. And we're there now. We're pretty much completed upon all of that work I did last year when we're there now today. So let's see what else we need to talk about. Okay, most of this won't affect you, so I don't really think you need to know, but there's a lot of lawsuits now against Credit Suisse for the actions they took. The only other point I was going to make was that the European Central Bank came out and made a statement this week saying that the banking system is resilient. I thought they were gonna say strong or secure, but they said resilient. This is there's going to be a lot of problems with the European Central Bank as well. Most of these central banks are going to have issues. That's why they all met. They did that meeting, all these big central banks, to come up with a plan and release liquidity and get the dollars flowing and, and everything else. But where aren't the dollars flowing? Developing nations, that's where. And it's quite interesting just to see where the money is flowing at the moment. Uh, gold, silver, precious metals, 
at Bitcoin as well, some other cryptocurrencies. So despite them getting a lot of sort of, you know, gold is an old barbarous relic, I think is the favorite comment I ever I ever got. And so is silver. Silver's worse. And Bitcoin is just junk and it's going to zero by 2020. Well, we're in 2023 now and it still hasn't gone to zero. So it just shows that it doesn't matter what people say, you're still seeing that same market sentiment that's been going on for a long time. When there's crises, when there's uncertainty, people run to safe havens like gold all over again. And this time around, a lot of people are running to Bitcoin as well. So drop a comment below. Let me know what you think and what safe haven assets you're going to so that as a community, everyone can see what everyone else is doing. All right. Thanks for watching today. Take care. God bless you guys and your families. I'll see you tomorrow.